one. Welcome to episode 10 of The Break Room. I'm your host, Mike Kagan, joined by co-hosts Sean Karras, Riley Farrar, and Dan Kagan. Weird episode today, not on Wednesday. You know, we have a Thursday special this time. The boys had to watch the Bruins game last night. It was a little bit of a... Uh, with a little bit of a uh, inconvenience for everyone. A detriment to the schedule. Had to watch it, but we can discuss it today. Wanted live reactions, but I respect that not happening as we just want to watch the game in our own uh, homes, mindsets, whatnot. So, you know, the Bruins took a 2-1 lead yesterday in the series against the Washington Capitals, a series that for the most part I was talking about saying that it was very reminiscent of the St. Louis series um, in the fact that we were always chasing every game and we were always chasing the series. And now we're not chasing the series anymore. Um, we actually have taken the lead in the series. So I can't say that it's a St. Louis series anymore, um, which makes me really glad uh, because, you know, that was really painful to watch. It was like a slow motion, slow motion car crash um, waiting until game seven in Boston to lose. So it's nice to see them, you know, take initiative, take the opportunity, win on home ice, get up on a 2-1 lead. And it's going to be the hardest game for Um that they could possibly ever see because the caps know their backs to the wall, right? The caps know their backs to the wall. They're going to do everything they possibly can. I was talking to Dan about this yesterday and I think it's true. Tom Wilson, you haven't really seen so much goon shit from him. Um, but that's because they haven't been losing in the series. So now that they're losing in the series, we'll see uh, what type of stuff their coach Laviolette tells them to go do um, because they're go- it's going to be, they're going to be fighting for their lives. I mean, it's game four. They're going to be fighting for their lives. They're back to the wall. If they go down 3-1, the series is going to be over. I think there's. I don't think we choke a 3-1 lead. I haven't seen us choke a 3-1 lead since uh, when we choked a 3-0 lead against the Flyers. Yeah, it was 2010. So, and that, and that was a different Bruins team behind Claude Julien. Typically, Cassidy teams don't uh, do stuff like this. So, really, realistically speaking, it is the biggest game for the Capitals. It is the biggest game for the Bruins. They set a statement last night to win that game, right? As they should have. I I, I got to put in like so much blood in the water for Washington. First of all, you get you game one. Vanacek gets hurt. You, as a as a, just an as a hockey fan, objectively, you hate to see it. Nobody wants to see a goalie get hurt. Whatever they throw in Craig Anderson. Holy fuck! Like we couldn't score in Craig Anderson for our lives. Not surprising. He he roasted us in the last time he played us as a goalie in the playoffs against Ottawa in 2017. I want to say. That was a different Bruins team, a lot of injuries, a lot of young guys, a lot of coming out of what was a kind of a retooling stage. And now, now last night, they just throw in Samsonov, who I can't, I can't say anything bad about him. He played really well for a guy who Ooh, hasn't good. played a game since May 1st. This is a guy who, you know, I guess at, I'll break down all of the stuff that goes on in Washington because apparently people are calling in when I was listening to the 98.5 Sports Hub and, and saying some crazy stuff. At the beginning of the year, I remember he did not – he was not ready to play because he got an ATV accident in Russia. So if you wanted any insight on his character, here you go. Um, then fast forward, May 1st was his last start because he misses a team function in quotations. The rumors are that him and Kuznetsov were out doing blow or something like that along those lines. They get suspended from the team, and then magically they end up on the COVID list for three or four weeks, and now they're back in the lineup. From what I've heard, their coach absolutely hates him, Orlov, and Kuznetsov. He hates playing Chara five on five. I think that's a really interesting narrative to point at. I, for one, not a fan that the Bruins couldn't re-sign Chara in the offseason, but I did see that there was kind of a, uh, a, a disgruntled approach towards how they were going to use him. 
Washington now are in the dilemma that we would have been in. So I think that's something that's really interesting to watch because their coach hates playing him five on five. Obviously, anybody who understands the sport would. Jake DeBrusque literally started carrying the puck up and Chara had to turn around and start skating forwards before he even got to the red line. Like he, he turns he's, like a, he's a, a liability. Yeah, he's he a liability. Like a battleship. But with so much blood in the water, you just had to pray that Boston would take advantage of it <laughs> with fresh lineups. Yeah, he turns like Bowser. So much, so much blood. And, and they took advantage. It took him two overtimes for fuck's sake. But God bless Craig Smith. And what I say, I mean, total miscommunication. I can promise you as a defenseman playing hockey, when you got a new goalie and you handle the puck differently. And, and obviously, Samsonov just kind of leaving the puck there. Didn't communicate with Schultz, I believe the defender was. Craig Smith takes it, wraps it in. That's game. God bless him. I'm going to be completely honest. I fell asleep before the game winner. <laughs> I respect it. You, you know, it was, uh, you know, I fell asleep for a long time when I woke up and I was still on the NBCS and the, the channel and the car show was going on. <laughs> the Meekum oh, auto auctions. Yeah. I was like, I woke up, I was like, did we win? <laughs> I had to go look it up. That's funny. Riley, what are any uh, input? Uh, I mean, watching the Capitals try again and again to put in, like, that winning goal in, like, the end of the third into, like, the first overtime, they were looking really frustrated. So I'm buying into all of those reports that their locker room is just, like, total wasteland right now. You see Ovi's just yelling? Yeah, just, he was, he was full. He was full of emotion there, and it was just – you know, you love to see that if you're, uh, you know, you want to see that kind of emotion. But like, he was just frustrated more than anything. So yeah, he wasn't like trying to rally his troops. He who was he yelling at? Was he yelling? He was at yelling the at Samsonov. Yeah, he yelled he at him in Russian. At the goalie. In Russian yeah. too. So that's we know he was saying some reckless stuff. You can't yell at the goalie. You know, that's that's the biggest yeah. thing. The biggest thing he stood do. on his head too. No matter, no matter what, exactly. No matter what happens in the game, you can never blame the goalie, and you can never you can never go up to the goalie and say like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Right? Alex Ovechkin is a different case, right? He is the greatest goal scorer of all time. He is the captain of that team. He is the best Russian player of all time. If you could give anybody a pass to yield their goalie, yeah, I think it would be Ovechkin. The best Russian player of all time can say basically whatever he wants to any Russian player on the ice, especially his goalie. But still, that just shows you that. He lost his itself, composure right the there. The team itself is losing its composure. They're losing their focus. They're getting frustrated, right? They're they're big, strong, bully hockey and getting at work to now play last game for most of the game. I think we can agree. And I think the neutrals will also agree that for most of the game, we dominated that game. 75 minutes of that game was we all Boston. dominated that game. Most of the game, we dominated it. And to win in double overtime is just a treat. To go two one up again, I wish it was in regulation, but it seems as if every one of these games is going to go to overtime. So I don't care how it happens. I don't care how, as long as they win, they win because the two teams waiting for us, if we are to win this series or if the Caps are to win this series, are not as strong as both of us. But okay. if this if this series continues to go is oh, the way gonna, we think it will. Gonna, both both these teams will be licking their chops. Whoever makes it out of the whoever, Pittsburgh yeah, Islanders series. makes it out. If whoever makes it out will be licking their chops, but they will be beat up. These two teams are beating – this is a heavyweight fight. Yeah. This is a heavyweight fight. And the Penguins and Islanders is not a heavyweight fight. This is a heavyweight fight. And Taylor Hall, 
and David Pasternak and David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron and, and Marshan and all the all the players we have on our team, all the skill, all the talent, it works. But we need to see more. We need to see more from Pasternak. We have to. We yeah, have he's to been quiet. Pasternak. I was telling Dan this yesterday, and I might catch some flack for this, but I truly believe this. Right now, at this point in time, Taylor Hall is playing better than David Pasternak, and Taylor Hall means more to this team in this series right now than David Pasternak. That, that makes sense, though. I mean, we needed a second-line player. We needed somebody who could unlock the skill of Krejci and Smith. Personally, personally. Bro, Krejci finally has someone to pass to. Exactly. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> second line, our second line is, in my opinion, the most important line on the team. Because you have the perfection line, which does its thing, and they're great. But when you have Taylor Hall and Krejci and Craig Smith come on the ice as a second line, they're first line for other – like pretty much every other team in the league apart from, I don't know, Pittsburgh, Washington, I don't know, a handful of teams, but they're a first line playing second line. And Taylor Hall is on fire right now. Two straight games, two straight goals. If you saw the goal he scored yesterday, I mean, <laughs> he's filthy. He's totally filthy. So We knew that, though. He's, he's a former NFL, NHL MVP, excuse yeah, me. Is he's the NFL MVP? Yeah, the NFL MVP. Quarterback no. Taylor Hall. Uh, I think we've covered uh, enough about the uh, Bruins Capital Series. We'll really recap the Stanley Cup playoffs. Bruins and six. Bruins. I hope so. I hope so. But switching gears yeah. here, I think we have to point out the Athletics' Jeff Schultz, who's the beat writer for the Falcons, reports that the Falcons would like to trade Julio Jones. Uh, the rumors have it that the Niners, Colts, Patriots, Ravens, Titans, and I believe one other team are in the mix. What do we think about this from a from every implication? We're talking fantasy. We're talking dynasty. We're talking just real world NFL applications. What does this mean? Obviously I'll just go out and start. I'm not surprised. They drafted Kyle Pitts at four. We kind of knew where this was going. Um, and it just appears that it's going in the way that we all thought it would. Obviously one thing that needs to be noted, trading him pre June one creates like a $15 million or no, I think a $40 million dead cap hit based off guarantees and other things. Trading him post-June 1 saves them $15 million and only results in, like, I think a $10 million dead cap hit. Somewhere around those numbers. I know it saves a lot of money post-June 1st, so we're going to be waiting until then. What do you guys think? Like, Julio Jones, I don't think will ever be bad. I think he will retire. When he retires, I still think he'll be a good player. Yeah. I don't, I don't, unless he completely decomposes, which his body has been starting to decompose, but I think his skill set is eternal. He himself as a talent is eternal. And they always say form is temporary class is forever. And he is a absolutely amazing wide receiver. He's one of the best wide receivers in the last decade. He's easily, easily on the same tier as receivers as Antonio Brown and all the other guys who have been amazing this, this past decade, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he's in that tier. And I think it might be a good thing for him. Uh, you did draft Kyle Pitts at, at four. Um, he's a very comparable in terms of athletic size and score. He's much taller. He's he's taller, uh, six six to what fifty? Yeah. And you know he's a gigantic tight end size. Basically, Darren Waller playing wide receiver, much faster. Darren Waller playing wide receiver, and. You get a big guy to go make sure that Calvin Ridley can stay open in the slot and do his deep routes and do that type of stuff. So if you have too many cooks in the kitchen per se and receiver and you can't get rid of him because you do have Calvin Ridley, you do have now Kyle Pitts, you do have Hayden Hurst, you do have Matt Ryan throwing, 
right? Russell Gage is not bad. You want to pay Julio Jones? What does he do this year? Probably 15, 18 mil, something like that. Yeah, he's due like 18. If you do, if you don't want to pay him that, and he, I think a new place for him could be a good thing, and I think it would be a good thing for him. He could go shine a new place like the Patriots, like the 49ers, like, like the Colts, Packers, like the Packers. Any one of these teams could go try and trade for him. It probably wouldn't take too much. It would probably take, I don't know, a third, a second a third round pick, a second or a third round pick for him. Um, I think a, a bunch of teams are obviously going to do that. I think the Carolina, or not the Carolina Panthers, the Falcons are going to bite on one of these offers and he's going to get traded eventually, probably past June 1st. Um, yeah, probably Julio Ayers over there kind of sucks because he's been such a, a staple there for his whole career, but I have no doubts he'll not he won't stop his production playing for a different team. I have no doubts. He is a eternal talent and until he's out of the league he'll never be bad and when he gets out of the league I'm sure he'll he'll be like Mike Vick still running a 4-7. He'll be an analyst for Fox Sports and he'll still be running 4-5, benching 225 15 20 times. He'll still be in the prime shape of his life. He's Julio Jones. I don't think he'll ever be bad. I don't think he'll ever fall off. Um injuries suck and that does limit him but you watched him last year with an injury-riddled season. I, he still looks like Julio he, Jones. In he his prime, like, again, he always played not, hurt. He he's always. Not, he's not in his prime anymore. Let's, no. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. But he's he 32. Still, he still can go up and get that ball. He can still burn anybody on any route. He's still got the straight line speed. He is still Julio Jones. He's taken maybe a step back because of age and injury. But he still goes out there, and he's a fucking dog. So I need dogs on my team. I want guys. Randy want, Moss. Randy Moss 2.0. Randy Moss 2.0. With the Patriots, let's run it back. Run, let's it, run back. it back. Mac Jones with fucking Julio Jones and the, oh goodness. Mm. I don't think he's gonna go to the Ravens. They don't fit his. Style. No, I no, don't. No. I think he would try and veto that trade too. I, I think he would try and maybe go to the Packers. Uh, the Packers weren't on that list for teams that were inquiring. Yeah, but the Packers is so dependent on like so many what, what things, is, like, bro. Like what is like who's gonna be throwing him the ball? Like at this point in Julio's career, he's gonna go to a team where he knows that the quarterback is solidified. Yeah. Like, it's not he's not gonna go to a where it's not like a we don't know who the quarterback is. Um, and the only team that is the Patriots is the exception is because Belichick is makes that the exception. Yeah. I can see what you mean. I feel like if the Packers traded for Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers is gonna forget all the, you know. Nah, negatives that have been going on, and he'll, he'd come back if he had Devontae Adams and Julio Jones. He would. He'd outside. come back to lose to Brady. You know, here's exactly. Here's he still wouldn't get out of the conference final. I think that you're right in saying that that like that situation can be patched up, but at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is like a kind of a condescending prick sometimes. Oh, kind of his attitude, and I I feel like those bridges have been burned. Like he's he himself have burned those bridges, and I don't really think there's anything they can they can do, and I don't think they'll do anything because of the Packers, and they don't do anything like that. Exactly, so I don't think this, they'd even make that trade. No way. History tells me that they're not going to do anything, and they're just going to let try and sort this out with Aaron internally when they're not going to do anything actually internally to help him out. They're just going to be like Aaron, you know, we'll pay you some extra money, we'll give you an extension, you know we can you can play for us you know we're good we're green bay you know we got the coaches we got the player we got a great team here aaron and he's like you guys haven't drafted a skill but you haven't drafted an offensive skill position other than a quarterback in my whole life in the first round and you just did it was a quarterback what the fuck are you doing we just lost to brady's all-star team at home at home mind you 
it wasn't competitive in that game. It was like 10 degrees and a bunch of dudes from Tampa Bay who were playing with beach balls in the locker room come out and fucking slap you out and just completely murder you at Lambeau Field in the cold. Guys who were well, like, it was sunny. Oh. It was sunny. It was, it was sunny. sunny. Oh, you know, it was only sunny in it, Neymar. Like, it was like, <laughs> it was like 10 degrees. I mean, Ooh. damn. I mean, Aaron, I think, I think it's... I want Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos. I want him on the yes, Broncos. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. I want him on the Broncos. I think everybody wants that. Everybody like that. It's everybody just that mean. Everybody like that. I think it's safe to say that ship has sailed in Green Bay. Again, they took fucking Eric Stokes with the, their first round pick. Like, He's fast. He's then, fast. He runs fast. That's their Jair replacement when he leaves in free agency in a year, just like in every Madden sim. Uh, all right. I mean, like, does anybody have any insight on what this will do for his? So let's say he's on a new team, like fantasy wise, redraft. Where are we looking at him? He's like a fourth round pick now. He's a fifth yeah. round pick. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Third or fourth. Yeah. And right. you know, he's, he won't click until the second half of the year. If he's like, like going into the draft, right. If he's on a new team, we know like, Got to wait it out. He's not going to offer you, like, number one wide receiver every week. He's not going to give you that. He'll give you probably low-end wide receiver one return, maybe high-end wide receiver two, depending on his situation. Again, so much, so much is just – What about Dynasty, though? See, rumored is – the insider has rumored that, you know, Dan has been in in talks with Matt for Julio Jones, and Matt has been, you know, trolling Dan from the insider's – insider sources yeah so i mean uh, i can i can offer some insight here yeah i mean like he only responded in gifts hey i'm a shameless businessman you know me i don't care if you want to fucking if you want to muck around and screw around and and respond to my trade offers with even more ludicrous trade offers do it i i honestly it's part of fantasy football i love having people like that in the league who just muck around and fuck about so i don't mind I did reach out. I did talk to a couple people over the last week. Nothing went through, obviously. You guys would have noticed in your phone. You guys would have gotten alert. But Matt, definitely an interesting character. He doesn't seem to be giving up on Julio Jones, the man who we all know he loves and he's always loved. I was just telling him, like, hey, you know, if Julio gets traded, that's another blow to a team that's not going to be getting any draft capital this year. It's not going to be replacing anybody, and it's not going to be having players step up. So, I offered him some guys. I offered him some compensation and didn't go anywhere. Unfortunate. But dynasty standpoint, like, I, I don't really know what he's worth, if we're being honest. Like, he's he's Julio Jones. He's not going to give you another 16 or 17-game season. We all know no. that. No, he like, not, I don't think. So, uh, he's probably worth in the same tier as, like, what Antonio Brown is worth. No way. Antonio Brown was worth a third round pick in our dynasty league. He, don't think if he goes if he goes to like a certain team, I could feel like he someone would reach on him. Yeah, somebody would buy high on him. If he ended up on the Patriots, I can see Armani being like, Oh, I'll give you a Oh pick. dude, Armani's gonna take him in his first pick. <laughs> yeah, I know. In the in the redraft league. In Dynasty, I don't know. Matt's team is interesting. Does he have a pick like no. at all this year? Oh, no, he, he has a second, have a I think. He has a second from me. His second from you, okay. So yeah. It's not really much there. It's a 208, yeah. 208, yeah. yeah that's his only pick. All right. I didn't mean, I like, think we can use that. Oh, Sean, you want to go ahead? Didn't he, like – was he close to making the playoffs? Wasn't he, like, right there? No, he made it. Matt made, made it. What do you mean? He lost to Henry in the first round. Ah, uh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guy doesn't even know. He was worried about his own bag the whole playoff yeah, he run. He didn't. <laughs> He was like, who do I play this week? That's all I care about. That's the right mentality. 
Shot it, Matt. Oh, that's, Matt, I'm Matt's so irrelevant, according to Sean. He didn't even know he made the playoffs. <laughs> I just think it's funny how Armani, like, is a playoff team, and, like, his team is – he has no draft capital. <laughs> he's just, like, he's banking on his team getting him there again. He's going to yeah, – he's so banking on this guy staying healthy. He's going to need his whole team to stay healthy completely. No one can miss a game. And I literally mean no one of Dak Prescott – uh, Nick Chubb, DK Metcalf, DJ Shark, Josh um, Jacobs, uh, yeah. Logan Thomas. Josh Jacobs, no. Don't forget James Robinson now. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> big man, He's the new big man on camp. <laughs> you guys are missing the Z on the Eagles. Jalen Rager. Oh, yeah. The new D-Jax. D-Jax Goyard Bandana. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. I mean, I feel like we could use that to transition into this little uh, my mock 2.0 here, guys. You know, changing some stuff up from last episode. Obviously, we're going to start with the same thing. Jamar Chase, number one overall, goes to George. George, maybe he goes running back. Maybe he goes Harris. Harris, by the way, I don't know if you guys have been reading, but the Steelers want to use him in every package possible. No shit. Obviously, they took him in the first round. Like, what are they supposed to say? I don't read into that too much. George, though, he could use a running back. He could use a receiver. I'll go Jamar Chase. I'll let people know, though, for the people who listen to this podcast, if Jamar Chase is on the board at 2 don't hesitate to call my phone because I wouldn't mind trading out of that if you give me the right fucking deal. And I'll leave that there. At two, I'll take Davis Mills again, um, just like the last one. Actually, Sean said that I should take Kellen Mond in this one. So I'll be Smart. taking Kellen Mond at the two o- at the 102, guys. So remember that one. Skyler, I got Najee Harris running back. He needs it. It's pretty obvious. At four, I'll switch it up. I'll go Adam with ETN. We all know Adam has somebody he wants. That's That's been the hot rumor for the last couple of months. He has somebody that he has wanted for months at that spot. So we don't know who it is. Riley at five. He's not going to get tempted by Mike with all these trade offers. He's just going to take Kyle Pitts. He's going to say, fuck it. I need Kyle Pitts. He'll take Kyle Pitts. Mike who made a trade with Armani earlier in the year, part of the James Robinson deal. He picks up the 106. He'll take Devonta Smith. 106. I like the value there. Then at seven, he trades down big, big move with Henry. Henry, who trades up to take Javonta Williams, UNC Tar Heel. You know, had to shout that one out. Adam at eight, he'll take Jalen Waddle, best available. At not at uh, yeah, at nine now, Mike's sitting there. He takes Trey Lance because Deshaun Watson is not going to play this year. And then at 10, I got Sean taking Elijah Moore. Okay, good mock. We'll, we'll, we'll switch it up, you know. Got a, got a trade in there. We'll switch it I, 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 There's no pick I'm more excited for than Adam's pick. There just isn't. Which one at four? Yeah. yeah I, that starts I, the it, whole draft. It, exactly. It is, not even just for that, but for if it's just like a player that I can't even fathom that it would be, I'm just going to just die laughing. <laughs> no way it is. Adam- With the fourth pick, Adam selects Rashad Bateman. <laughs> the draft, just chaos. No, then you immediately see me go. <laughs> Picks up phone, phone. Phone the phone. Yeah. Yo, everyone's phone. Every, whoever, yeah, Riley's phone is about to blow Everyone up. would be calling yeah, each Riley. other. What is I'm going gonna on? Have, I'm going to have notifications so loud. Just put the phone right up to my mic. Personally, I would like you guys, if you could mute yourself when you do take a phone call, but keep yourself on video. Yeah, of course. 
like if you want to like maybe like keep yourself on video for a short moment and maybe like walk out of the room and do something then you can do if that. If you're but- a guy who walks around on phone calls, me personally, oh, I just I do random shit. I'll walk around, I'll go sit down on top of couches and shit while I'm on the phone. So I'll probably be walking around and but I know I'm like, all the You got to be a showman with it. You got to create anticipation through the Zoom video because you got to yeah, be facts. Yeah, exactly. be hilarious. Exactly. You got to get that in there. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty good. Does anybody have any other dynasty fantasy anything else input? Um, can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, Whoa, carry sorry. on to uh, world football here. We'll start off with the big news that broke this morning. Harry Kane. Uh, he's one of our own, is what I heard for so long now. Apparently, he's going to go join one of the Manchester clubs because Tottenham can't win trophies. I didn't see this coming 10 years ago. Obviously not. But I'll leave the floor to you guys. So, Harry Kane. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's gonna, oh, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. He said he's speaking with the chairman today. And I cannot wait for Manchester United to have a strike partnership of Harry Kane and Edison Cavani up front, and that'll be lethal. That'll be sexy. No way. And they're going to get. No way. Yeah, no. That would be. Well, they just signed Cavani, so. I know, but I don't think. I think City's going to get him. I think City's going to get Kane. I think that makes the most. Yeah, because Aguero's leaving as well. That makes the most sense. Plus, if you want to win trophies, you're not winning trophies with United. You're going to win trophies with City. What do you mean? Europa League. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Conference League. Yo, you see Cavani's half uh, field chip? Yeah, that was clean. That was insane. That was absolutely clean. The guy's a ballerina, uh, literally. But, I mean, I see see him going to Manchester City. I think it makes sense. I think that that would – I mean, they're already the best team in Europe. Um, That just puts – that's like the cherry. That's like a gold cherry on top. You know, that's a great – look at the production you get from uh, Gabby Jesus and Aguero. Or anyone they really strap in at striker or center forward or wherever they put the central leaf. Look at the production they put up. Imagine having the best finisher in the world. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. And it's no question mark what he can do. It's not like you're bringing a guy in from Germany or Italy and you don't know what he can do. We know what Harry Kane can do in the Premier League. Like, give him a touch outside the box. It's a goal on either foot. He's... He's so lethal. Any touch inside the box where he can get an open shot is most likely going in. He, yeah. he will put it, he will probably score. And it's you very, can't give so him a half yard space. You just it's can't. so impressive. It's like, it is literally so impressive. Like, I respect it so much because he's not the fastest, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, but he is so good at positioning. His technical skill is absolutely immense. And it's his finishing, man. His finishing on any foot, volley half volley, one-time finish, curler, long shot, power shot, outside foot, anything, no matter what it is. If it hits his foot, it's going in. And it's just – you can't say that about many players in the world right now. The you ball, can't say that about the many ball strikers. Just has, the ball has a gravitational pull towards him. where yeah. He just is always in the right place at the right time. Yeah, he's he just, absolutely. He's just there. It just is. I mean, is that now? But I can see, yeah, I can see him going to City. What do you think, Riley? Uh, I think he's probably going to go to City. That would be my uh, guess. I feel like it could go 50-50 for either Manchester place. But, I mean, City's just got that hole now. And with Manchester United, how they just re-signed Cavani, uh, 
they already have Rashford, Bruno Fernandez. I feel like adding Harry Kane Bruno wouldn't wouldn't exactly uh, that, yeah Bruno Fernandez. I was about to say that, but shut I feel up, like, Derek Ray. <laughs> fuck off, Lee Dixon. I feel like uh, Manchester United just wouldn't be as good of a fit as Manchester City would be for him. I think yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think the fans would probably like him more since there are no fans that go to City games. Exactly. If you want to win, yeah, you don't care how you. I mean, Kevin Durant didn't care how he would win when he went to Golden State. So you kind of put the the shame of playing for a side with no fans and oil money aside to go win. Uh, Champions League. Golden State has fans, though. Golden I'm, State, that's a different situation. I'm, I'm just that's saying, like KD going to the Nets. I'm not, I'm not doing the fans. That's more of that. KD, KD was shameless in going to go win. He was like, I'm going to go to yeah. a rival and win. Tottenham is a direct rival of Manchester City. He said, I don't really care. I need to go win, so I'm going to go join them. This is as if Tottenham would actually the public, yeah. if it goes there because, you know. The public backlash. It's going to be minimal. Want, the public backlash. Want. Between City and United is just is so different. That. Like if you go City, and everyone's gonna ah. Well, if you go to United, people probably people will try and burn his jerseys or shit. Well, like it that. doesn't really matter. So, he wants that. Pre- he wants the uh, the top goal scorer in the Prem title, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Was, I mean, he wants silverware. He's sick and tired of just scoring tired goals and not winning I, shit. I agree with him, bro. Hundred percent. Go get your bag, bro. Go get your go get your trophies and retire as a, the one of the greatest strikers in the history of the Premier League. Or could be the greatest yeah, exactly. in the history of the Premier League. I mean, you have no Premier League to your name to speak of. You have none of that. You have no Champions League. You've been to a Champions League final, did nothing. You know, you've yeah. done, you have no silverware whatsoever. What do you have? A Carabao Cup? Audi Cup. Got a couple he's second got place Cup. medals. Like, got Audi Cup. He got the Audi Cup. That's all he's got, which is a preseason. Not only that, he Sean? also leads the uh, Premier League in assists as well. That's literally ludicrous. That's crazy. That's how you know he's an elite striker, man. Because exactly. he's opening it up for everybody around him. Not even elite. That, that's when you know he is one of one. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sean, would you like to recap what's going on in the top five leagues? Title races, European spot races, uh, any yeah. relegation races? So, uh, I'll start. I'll just, I'll go around the horn. Uh, we just talked about, uh, I'll save the prem for you guys because, you know, you guys know more about that than me. But uh, Syria, we got the, the champion is obviously all, are already decided, so there's no real fun there. But the top four race is still very much alive. There's one spot left, and it's between Napoli and Juventus. And Napoli just have to win, and they clinch. That's it. But Juventus are one point behind, so they obviously have to win, and then hope that Napoli uh lose they have to lose like if they draw then they're still in on goal difference so they have to lose uh however it's not going to be such an easy fight for either team as Juventus will Napoli play Verona who's a really they're a tough tough Serie A team they play really good defense Juventus they should have it pretty easy they play Bologna so I don't see them having a problem getting a win moving over Moving over to uh, the Bundesliga, it's pretty much like you know who's going to get each spot. It's pretty much all done. The only spot that's up for grabs is a – it's just seeding, like who's going to go where. So the top six is already – it's its thing. However, you could still have uh, Borussia Dortmund or Wolfsburg swap places in the pot three or pot four for the qualification. And League One, uh, we have a title race still. Three teams can still win the title. 
Monaco, PSG, or Lille. Monaco can win it if both PSG and Lille lose, and they win for nothing. Wow. So wow. technically, Monaco can win. Uh, PSG, if they win, and Lille just have to draw, and they and PSG are champions. Lille, obviously, it's straightforward winning your champions. Yeah. And then in the La Liga title race, it is a, still a title race, I should say. We have Atletico at the top. If they win, they're champions. However, if they lose and Real Madrid win, then Madrid are champions. So there's still a title race there. Um, top four is all set. However, it's still seeding between like Sevilla and Barcelona. So you're top. You're going to see Atletico, Real Madrid, and Barcelona and Sevilla as La Liga participants, representatives for the Champions League next year. Yeah. All right, two um, of the top five leagues. I mean, we have a title race in the last day of the year. I love it. Yeah, coming down to the last day. I mean, I can't remember the last time the title race in France came down to the last day. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. There's no way I could tell you when that it's was exciting. Happening. It is incredibly exciting. And I, I think we'll just transition to the Premier League where there's a lot on the line. I mean, Jesus Christ, Chelsea, Leicester, and Liverpool – are all fighting for that those final spots, and as well as you know, Arsenal, Spurs, and uh, Everton, and Leeds are all in the running to somehow get a Europa League or Conference League spot. Leeds, I think, my favorite storyline of the weekend. If Tottenham, who have to play Leicester, if they lose, and Everton, who have to play City, if they lose, and Arsenal, who have to play Brighton, and if they lose, all three of those very likely outcomes, by the way. All three of those happen. Leeds, if they win, go seventh and get a conference league spot, which is just something that, like, I don't think anybody would be mad. Everybody would be happy. If all the teams above them bottled it, and then Leeds just (laughs) slides in with Patty Bamford, like, I don't know. Some some crazy stuff to watch out for. I mean, like, uh, we got a few minutes, but I'll just end on this. Story of Everton this year, um, having opportunities and wasting them. Uh, they have an opportunity to make Europe. They won't. Uh, they will lose probably 5-0 to City. City's C team because City's C team is worth more than any player and any player combined on our team. And we will lose by a lot of goals because our team couldn't be asked to give a shit if they if guns are pointed at their heads. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Wouldn't be surprised if Leeds jumped us. Wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal jumped us. Uh, would have a crap feeling in my stomach knowing that Arsenal jumped us considering how shit Arsenal has been this season. Would have a crap feeling in my head knowing that Leeds jumped us and Leeds was basically just relegation fodder and yeah but that Everton that right so yeah Riley I'll just transition this to you you guys got a big game Uh, everybody in that huge huge game against uh, Crystal Palace Liverpool known bottlers against Piss Palace many times in the past so uh, not excited to end the season on that but uh, sad that as a this morning I read a news report that said that he had an Achilles injury and he's going to be out until 2022. Aww. So yeah, that's very unfortunate for them. That's terrible. Exactly. It's probably going to open up the midfield for us in that game a lot more. I don't see how we lose that, but at the same time, we are big bottlers against Piss Palace. All right. Well, that's basically it for today. Um, great shit guys uh, sorry for all the fans our eight nine fans who listen to this in different countries uh, we want to do it Wednesday it was a Bruins game so we moved on Thursday should have been Monday didn't hear a happy Monday for me to start the show but I guess it's a happy Thursday 
Uh, it's beautiful weather out. So I hope you guys enjoy the good weather today. Uh, get out of your houses, go play soccer, football, whatever. Um, but yeah, thanks guys. Hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. Good show, boys. Uh, last words. Uh, yeah. Davis Mills 102. Kellen Mon 102 or Davis Mills. Trevor Lawrence just say sorry, bro. Not a fan of it. I'm the champion. <laughs>